and welcome. I'm Sarah Palmer and welcome to a special extra edition of our podcast, Talking Round North Cyprus. Now, you may remember a couple of months ago, we had a chat with Helen Carriman, who was about to set off on a stunning month-long trip with her six-year-old son, walking from Belipe along the tracks and trails of the forests, much of it high up in the mountains to the very tip of the Carpaz. In what was, I think, a very moving and sometimes emotional interview, Helen told us why she wanted to bond with her son even more and along the way help him experience so many different facets of life, of nature and of people that would get completely lost if he had his head stuck in his phone and tablet all through the holidays. And it had been planned with almost <laughs> military precision, but despite all those meticulous preparations, safe to say that things have changed radically from those original plans. Well, to find out more, I'm joined by my co-presenter, Roger Barra, who can bring us up to date. So, Rog, uh, you've just met up with the duo in the village of Tatlisu, near the north coast of North Cyprus, and it looks like a couple of events have scuppered those original plans. Is that right? Completely scuppered, yes. Their walk was a mere three days old and everything seemed to be going according to plan. But then fate struck two massive blows, uh, one rather more serious than the other, because Helen had a very nasty fall, which in the interview you're about to hear, she completely plays down. She hurt her knee really, really badly. Loads of blood. You'll hear about all this. So not only that, they had to get rescued, of course, because they were high up in the mountains. And then the government over here, quite understandably, I have to say, forbade anybody to go into forest areas because of the risk of fire, which we mm -hmm. see what's happening just 70 kilometres away in Turkey. So it meant her entire route was was scuppered uh, totally but instead of giving up and saying oh well the fates <laughs> of conspiring as Helen has turned everything as you imagine she might do into a positive uh, and it's quite extraordinary to, to to listen to her as she tells this tale so I caught up with her at what she calls the command center which is a lovely place called Rose House and it's run by a lovely lady called Gul which happens to be Rose in Turkish it's the kind of place, and Helen talks about this uh, in the interview, it's the kind of place, like me, I've driven past it a hundred times on the way between Gurney and the Carpaz. I've never even noticed it was there. A rose house, it's, it's smashing. So I met up with Helen there and I, su I suggested to her that it would be an understatement to suggest that all has not gone to plan. That's the fun of it, Roger. That is the fun of it. Um, in my life, I had thousands of times when I planned everything to the smallest detail. And then uh, things happened along the way and nothing went as planned. But then it turned out to be actually better than the original, you know. Mm. So uh, this time it happened the same. Here you go. But you see, the thing is, you do have to plan things ahead. You need a kind of a skeleton to set your project on uh, and get ready for any possibility. Uh, I tried to do that the best I could, but here you go. I had a mountain accident, number one. Number two, the um, Department of Forestry has forbid entry to forests by all means, to all vehicles and to all walkers as well. So uh, even if I wasn't rescued, let's say, from the mountain, I should have come down anyway. So uh, here we are. So tell us first about the accident, because 
That must be your worst nightmare. No, it was not a nightmare at all. Actually, I think it's the best thing that could have happened to us while up the mountain. Um, I've been with my son in other camping trips before. Um, I don't remember if we spoke about it last time, but uh, on those trips we were using a car, taking the tent and whatever other equipment out of the car, pitching and so on and so on, then walking around, doing some research, some da, da, da. My son had the chance to join the Normans Walk, which before Corona times uh, was organized every year. Uh, it was called Normans Walk, sort of a survivor trip where um, we joined probably a hundred people every year. And every time we did this, we had a mountain rescue team up with us on the mountain. And they actually gave children first aid education. So they did train them what to do if, if something gets stuck in someone's throat, what to do if someone drowns, what to do if someone falls, what to do if someone breaks an ankle, breaks a bone, something goes wrong, da da da. But you see, Training will never be the same with real life situation. So even though my son has seen those trainings, well, mind you, then he was four. How much can they learn when they're four or five? This time, it was real. Tell us exactly what happened. Well, the third day of our walk, we actually overdid it. So I was supposed to be walking for five kilometers every day. That day we walked almost 15 three times more. I couldn't believe it, how strong my little boy was. Now I can't call him my little boy anymore. Now he is my team partner. And he was like, oh my God, never ending energy, never ending energy. So we had uh, stops, breaks, breaks to breathe, breaks to drink water, to have a snack, to, you know, take the shoes off and uh, that. And every time we stopped, he kept on doing something. He was like all over the place, uh, going and searching the trees, searching the stones, uh, searching the ground for lost objects. And, you know, I, I had a little live video on the page showing what he found in the forest, what people dump. And, uh, you know, he likes doing things with these little objects he finds uh, on his way. So imagine, he, he never showed me a single sign of being tired. So I was planning to walk to Kantara probably in 10 days, but with this speed, probably I would have made it there in five. It was incredible, incredible to see how, how strong and resilient he is, the joy he was experiencing as walking through, through those magical forests. I'm telling everyone who says, oh my God, it's so hot, it's summer, why did you choose to do it now? I say, guys, come on. It's the only time I can do it. Number one, my son is in school holiday. Number two, I don't really have a job. So, you know, if you're a working parent, of course you can't go away for a month. Who is the company that will give you a month? Uh, so, you know, this was my chance. I had to do it plus. You see, people don't really know this because they, they never experienced it. You have to go up that mountain and see the difference in the temperature. I am absolutely sure it was at least 15 degrees cooler, forest all around us, shade all around us, and a nice wind as well. We had to wear t-shirts midday because we were feeling sort of cold. 
Can you imagine? But what actually happened? After three days, you had a really nasty accident. <laughs> oh, no, I wouldn't call it nasty. Everyone can have a fall as you walk on a, on a tarmac road or if you walk on the pavement and you don't pay attention to where you're stepping and here you go, you're down. But there, so I repeat, probably we were... We overdid the walk, so we were a bit tired, both of us. We got lost at a point in the forest. I can't really say it was literally lost. I mean, how lost do you get in Cyprus? There is always, a, you know, you look, you know where the south is, you know where the north is, that's it. The point was the volunteers that were supposed to bring us the food and water rations should be able to reach us with a 4x4 off-road vehicle. So if uh, the road turns into a track, then they can't reach us. So that was the point where I got uh, into survival mode. Like, I have to find a road where they can reach us. There was no... Uh, I never doubted a single second that they won't find us. So anyway, we got lost, so I got distracted, I got into survival mode, and then we started to descend from the mountain towards civilization, toward villages where I knew for sure we will get the off-road vehicle uh, to bring uh, food and water. Now, this descent was steep. There were lots of rocks, pebbles, little stones that, you know, if you step on them, you, you stumble and you fall. So um, even though we had our walking sticks and that, it was, it was unstable. And uh, I told my son a million times, every time we walk, do not look up as you walk. You have to look down all the time. Mm -hmm. See what, you, what you're stepping on. If, whether it's a rock, a pebble, what if it's a snake? It's the forest, come on, it could be anything. So you have to look down all the time. That moment, all of a sudden we heard, actually, the plane. And he looked up, I could see him with the corner of my eye. He looked up and said, oh, mom, there's a plane. So as I started to look at him to say the zillionth time, <laughs> do not look up as you walk, I did it myself. So I've, I stopped looking down to look at him, and the next second I was down. I, uh, I did you know it was bad? or It really hurt, yes. It was painful. I was, I was in real pain. Mm -hmm. as, as I wrote on the page, that millionth of a second, I had a thousand things coming to my mind, all of them at once. It's very hard to explain exactly uh, what I went through that second. All I knew was I'm in excruciating pain. I was praying there's no broken bone because a broken bone makes things only worse. So I was praying it's just a hit, something, you know. And then um, he had his first reaction. I was laying in the middle of this goat track with my rucksack still on. And he says, mom, there's a lot of blood. He said, he was the first one to react. He says, Mom, we have a first aid kit. Where is it? It was his reaction, not mine. So now I know he's a big boy. Yeah. He didn't cry. He didn't panic. He didn't get in shock. Nothing. He was just straight, 
there, his mind was there. First aid kit, where is it? So I say, help me unstrap my rucksack. So I unstrapped it. It's the drag the rucksack close to me. So I find the kit anyway. I took the kit out. By then I, I could see in his eyes, his, they started to, well, you know, tears were ready to come. I say, look, don't worry. You see, the blood will stop now. Now you'll see exactly what needs to be done. We need to clean the wound, we need to check the wound, if there are any broken bones, whatever, how deep it is, does it need stitches. Uh, so we clean, we disinfect, we wrap, and if we can go on, we go on. <laughs> so uh, he was perfect. He helped me through all this process. He held the disinfectant, he held the bandages. He was, he was my partner, that's it. He was my team partner. I'm so proud of him. So you should be, but, but you're still on a goat track. How did you get rescued? As I said, things were, were happening very fast because the survival mode was still on. And I had this big flash of adrenaline uh, together with the, the scare and uh, the hurt and the pain I was feeling. That's adrenaline that gets us going, mm -hmm. Roger. Mm -hmm. We all know this because we read it in books or you know, we learn about it in, in different ways or in school or whatever. But you won't actually understand it until you live it. Yes, it's true. This surge of adrenaline will keep you alive uh, in a moment of shock. So what I did, I wrapped the wound and uh, I knew I had to get down to a place where the off-road team could reach us. And I continued walking. Uh, I knew it needed stitches, and honestly, if I had a stapler with me, I would have used it. Because yeah, that's the first thing you do uh, in emergencies. I mean, you know, military, soldiers, in wars, do you think they have time for stitches? No, they use staplers, and that's it. But no, I didn't have a stapler. I wish I did. Honestly, I would have done it. Um, so I say, oh my God, this needs stitches. My son, his reaction when I said stitches, he says, Mama, don't go to, so to the hospital. Don't get the stitches so we can continue walking tomorrow. So, you know, I was, I was upset because I knew we had to stop the walk. So we walked down for, um, I think I recorded it somewhere, three more kilometers. Meanwhile, I had a telephone call, I connected live to a TV program with the rucksack on my back, with an injured knee, with my son next to me, in the middle of the same goat track. I did the live uh, interview and then I kept walking. That's it. But I'll tell you the funniest part of all in the moment of the accident was a herd of goats. Right? So as I'm laying down there in the middle of this track, and I don't know how far the village is in that second. I see this herd of goats coming and I'm like, oh, yes, we are close. But as you know, male goats can be nasty and they can attack. Now, my son was a standing target in the middle of this track. I was laying on my back. I was there. I was down. No problems. So I was more afraid that one of these goats would attack my son, thinking he's a danger. Uh, so I was more afraid for this than for myself and for my knee. So I was like, Denise, please don't move. Don't make any sudden moves. Don't make strange sounds. Da, da, da. So we don't get the goats angry. I didn't tell him, of course, they might charge at him, but you know. 
I never thought that goats have an alpha too. You know, dogs have an alpha. But here I am there, afraid for my son that he will be attacked. And in the middle of this track is this pure white, the most beautiful female goat I've ever seen. Pure white. It was like an angel, right? Looking at us, but looking at us with, with a look that you, you can see in a, in a dog's eyes. You know, they understand or they try to understand. You can see the intelligence in those eyes, okay? So this female goat looked at us, bended the head, like in an angle, exactly how a dog does when it tries to understand something, right? And then made a strange uh, sound, like, guys, what are you doing in the middle of my track, sort of? So she was definitely trying to understand what's going on there. And uh, probably she understood something, she made another sound, a calling sound, sort of, and then off she was, off the track, and the whole herd followed her. So it was like, oh my God, goats have alphas, and this is a female. So the track was clear. So that's how I could stand up and keep walking, because otherwise I would have been afraid to walk through the goats. I've been attacked by a goat before. So, you know, uh, that would have been worse than the, than the fall, than the injured knee and whatever. So yeah, that's, that's the funny part of it. And honestly, Roger, I'm, I'm saying this, people might say I'm crazy, but this is the best thing that happened to us on that mountain. This real life experience, the injury, the goats, the track, the rescue, the off-road. How do you find your way to, to other humans, to civilization? How would you understand how close you are to a village if you need a rescue or if something goes wrong? What do you do in emergency situations? What do you react? Do you panic? Do you what? So it, it, was, it was a wonderful experience. Not that I want this to happen to anyone else, but here you go. There is something good in, in everything that happens to us. So you've had to completely rejig your journey to the edge of the car pass. At the moment, you're at your command center in Tatlisu. How are you going to complete? What was the next stage? What have you decided to do now you can't go into the forest? Well, I can't go into the forest, uh, Roger. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to transform this into village visits. What, uh, the thing is this, and I've noticed it uh, not from my own family only, but from my friends and other acquaintances. We live on this island, but how many of us do we actually know um, the points of interest in these tiny villages along the road to Karpas? Because it's many of us, oh, we enjoy the golden sands, we all know about the donkeys, we all know about the monastery at the end. But how many of us do actually stop along the way uh, and, and check what's happening there? Now, there's a new road, you know, it won't go through the villages. So it's, it's a complete bypass. So all these villages have been forgotten, uh, pushed aside for years, ever since this new road was built. So how about we start learning something extra about the country we live in? How about learning more about the village traditions, the village life, the actual Cypriot way of cooking, not about supermarkets, food cooked in commercial kitchens or hotels or that, no. I know, I know because I've experienced this before, 
Food cooked in a proper village oven will always taste different. Food cooked on a wood fire, if the wood is olive, the food will taste different. If the wood is pine, the food will taste different. The, the quality of the pans you're using will again influence the taste of your food. Um, you know, what you say to your food as you cook it. Believe me, some people talk to their food, right? So, yeah, you, it adds something to it. So, I am going to transform this, well, walk through the forest thing into a walk through the villages thing. That's why I am at the command center now. Today I have completed the um, visit in Tatlusu village which most of us are not even aware that it's not down the main road where the roundabout is and there are about five, ten buildings. No, Tatlasu village is up the hills. It's quiet, it's forested, it's breezy, it's cooler. And they, they have this, oh my God, it was so funny today. They have a glass platform built on, on, a, on a ridge, right? And I went there and I did a small live recording, believe me, if I didn't look through my telephone as I was recording, I would have been dizzy. So it's not that I'm afraid of heights or anything, but it was a very different experience. So what, you look down and... Yes, you look down and you feel strange. It's all glass. It's as if you walk on air. Wow. So if, I'm sure, 90% of the people living in Cyprus don't know about it. So, guys, everyone listening, you have to go to these villages and see what's worth to visit there. You'd be amazed. Or, you know, if you don't have the chance to do that, or if you don't have the courage, or you don't have the time to do it now, or if you think it's too hot, it's summer, and blah, 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 and many other thousand reasons, you can try and watch these videos. I'm trying to share live on my page. And that's your and Facebook And then page, that's yeah. on my Facebook page, yes. It's called A Journey With My Son. Uh, I'm trying to share there my experiences, pictures, videos, as I said. See, check, and if you think it's worth, and I'm telling you it is, <laughs> go there and do it yourselves. This may be, I hope, I hope this will be inspiring people to go on discovery trips more. You will be amazed. It's, it's not a country with just sunshine, beaches, olive trees and hellim. Well, that's the extraordinary Helen talking to me just a couple of days ago and her adventure has re-begun uh, with her lovely boy. And of course, you can catch up with her on Facebook, A Journey With My Son. And she uh, does videos and stories uh, every single day. So do follow her like that. Don't know about you, uh, Sarah. I just find that totally, utterly inspiring. Absolutely, absolutely. I saw something on Facebook where she was doing a bit of a zip wire. Yeah, she's a real sort of adventure woman, but the ethos behind it, you know, wanting to have memories that her son can remember, just, just brilliant. They sound like a real double act, don't they? So well, yeah. well done to Helen, and yeah, do follow her progress. And you can donate as well. There are links on there because she's raising money for charity. Do check her out. So thanks ever so much for uh, listening again to our extra episode. We wanted to uh, let you know what Helen was doing. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you, you listen to this. And of course, you can always get in touch with us through Facebook or Twitter. Just look for Talking Round North Cyprus. We've got an email as well, trnc.podcast at gmail.com. I'm Sarah Palmer. And I'm Roger Barra. Thanks for listening to Talking Round North Cyprus. <laughs>